You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all over the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, hey, Murph, how's it going? It is going great. AP, how's it going there in, uh, where are you in, Des Moines? I am in Des Moines, Iowa in the new, improved Parrot Talk Studios. Ooh, new and improved Parrot Talk Studios. I thought you were like in a, a mop closet or something. <laughs> I am, <laughs> but I got some sound paneling and it's awesome. Oh, okay, very good, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if that if listeners know about World Headquarters for Parrot Talk and Morphology Studios, but um, yeah, it's... Yeah, we're- we're highly technological. I'm in the heart of Ragbri HQ right now. It's the place to be. It feels like home after several iterations of Parrot Talk Studios. So we're happy <laughs> to be here. But okay. Anyway, so you have something much more interesting coming up this weekend. You want to talk to the listeners about that a little bit? Well, yes. Um, if you're listening to this episode in mid-September, uh, AP and I are getting ready to do the Great Iowa Fall Ride, which takes place at... Ragbri World Headquarters. That's right. And it's a one-day bike ride, just kind of a time to gather, a real casual ride on the trail system in Des Moines. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, and we're also going to have a huge garage sale here at the Ragbri HQ. Mm. We're going to do stuff like this again in the future. So, um, And then after that, you're going to have a little traveling coming up, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Literally, the day after the Great Iowa Fall Ride, I am jumping in one of those camper vans. There are six of us heading to um, South Dakota, and we are going to ride our bikes on a great rail trail called the Mickelson Trail. That's so cool. You're going to have such an awesome time. I cannot wait to hear your report from the trail. Yeah, I know. I did a little uh, pre-check of weather. It's supposed to be like... It's almost exactly the same every single day. A high of 72, a low of 50-something. So it's going to be, in my opinion, beautiful. And, okay, so I don't really know what people think about when they think of South Dakota. I think of, like, so, like, really steep hills, lots of climbing. Well, the Mickelson Trail is, since it's an old train bed, it... I don't think it gets above 3% grade, but it's like several, I think one way it's like a 15 mile grind uphill. Um, But we go through prairies, we go through forest, we have four super old tunnels, and then I think there's over a hundred bridges. So it's, Mm. I don't, just going to be a really scenic ride. I'm excited for it. Oh, I love that. Well, you better take a couple pictures so that we can see where you've been. You bet. You bet. Yeah. Beyond that, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Denise Mueller, our my friend and yours, who yes. is part of the Project Speed, and she is the world's fastest woman, and she has just broken yet another world record with her team. Yes. Uh, they, Denise and her teammates rode at, I believe, 61 miles an hour, which is a record for um, a team of that size in a bicycle vehicle called the Sprocket Rocket. I beg you to look it up because it is so cool um again her instagram handle is fire cycle and denise you're the bomb yeah it's like a little tiny tube where all of the it's five women over 50 which is pretty cool and they kind of like almost lay flat but it looks like a rocket which is probably Mm -hmm. why it's called the sprocket rocket 
Mm-hmm. And they, um, the world record is starting from zero miles an hour and going as fast as you can at, a, I think it's at a five mile mark. Yeah. So they like busted through the world record. So congratulations to those guys. I mean, think about just riding on flat ground to get to 60 miles an hour is insane, even as a team. I mean, that's just mind blowing to think about as a cyclist. I could probably get to 25 or something, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so it's just, it's just really cool. And I know we're going to have Denise on the podcast in the future, so I don't want to get into it too much, but I just wanted to give her a shout out because it's such an amazing accomplishment. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's super cool. Okay. So have you heard about 99 counties? Well, I sure have because they were on the RAGBRAI route this year. Yes. But, yeah. So 99 counties, um, if you're not familiar with the state of Iowa, there are 99 counties in the state. Yeah. So um, there was a farmer that decided to name his business 99 counties. Yeah. And it's a really cool concept of the business where they're trying to, they're farmers and they're trying to bring it back to more the way it used to be. Um, away from factory farming and having a different relationship between the farmers and the food and connecting people like you and I who would be eating the meat with something that's locally grown. Yeah, I, I, uh, in the interview is Nick and Christian, and um, obviously you'll hear this in just a moment, but it was an interesting um, concept to think about. You know, he's like, if you go back to way back when farming was done a little bit differently, um, there wouldn't be... 3,000 acres of corn because they would just have enough corn to feed their livestock, which maybe was 20 head of cattle and 50 pigs instead of, you know, 3,000. So it was just interesting. He would be like, you know, there'd be a wheat, I'm sorry, there would be a field of corn and a field of wheat and then, you know, vegetables like a garden. And Mm. so the land was way different than it is now as far as Iowa goes. So it was really interesting. Okay, so if you're interested in trying out 99 counties, they're going to be here with us at the Great Iowa Fall Ride, and that'll be this weekend, September 16th, and I believe they're going to be serving tacos. Ooh, and the cool thing about that, you know, go to their website, 99counties.com, they have like a subscription service, Mm. so if you're wanting, it's kind of like, think back, maybe you're not old enough, AP, but like when the milkman used to come to your house and like drop off fresh milk in your little milk box, they can do the same thing with meat, where if you're in, I think it's uh, in a certain part of Iowa and also Chicago, they will hand deliver your meat subscription to you. Of course, if you live somewhere else in the United States, they're going to you know ship it to you. Yeah. But it's pretty neat because it's like meat from a humanely raised animal goes from being in the field to your home. Uh, without a lot of steps in between. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more, you can come see them in person on the Great Iowa Fall Ride or check out our social media or go to their website, 99counties.com. All right. Well, let's get to my interview with Nick and Christian. Yeah. All right, a warm welcome to Christian and Nick from 99 Counties. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? Hey, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. You bet. You bet. Uh, We were just talking before we pushed record. Um, We are actually enjoying a nice, cool day here in Iowa. It's not, you know, 
those of you thinking back to Ragbri when it was felt like over 100 degrees, like this is very refreshing today, isn't it, guys? Oh, my God. I think we, uh, you know, I, I rode the whole thing and then Nick and a bunch of our team had a booth, which honestly was more work because, you know, that brutally hot Friday when I rolled through a mana and there was a sign for a swimming pool at the fire station. Oh, yeah. And- saved my life. Anyone else who was in that thing, oh my God, it was such a great cold plunge. But uh, for Nick and our team doing the booth, you know, you're just standing there in the sun, not enjoying the rest of the experience. So um, I had a great time. Um, and yes, it is. it would be nice to be riding right now without such heat. Oh, for sure. For sure. But you know, that's Iowa for us. Like it could be uh, 100 degrees again tomorrow, or it could be snowing. So that's the fun of living here in the Midwest. It does feel like fall is in the air. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so not quite ready, but it's close. I agree. I agree. So you you both represent a great company called Ninety Nine Counties, which is why you're on the podcast. And I'm sure some listeners will be wondering, you know, what's the connection with Ragbri? But we'll get to that for sure. But will you start out by each of you telling us where you live and maybe what cycling is like there? Sure. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I live, I've lived a lot of places. Um, I grew up in rural Connecticut, um, not on a farm, but had a lot of friends who were dairy farmers there. Um, and then I lived in California for a while in San Francisco, which has great cycling. That's what really turned me on to cycling. Um, now that I'm in Chicago, which is about where half our customer base is, and that's mm-hmm. why I live there, there's great cycling along the lake. Um, but it doesn't hold a candle to the Ragbri experience I had. Um, and I haven't, I've done a little bit of riding in and around Keystone here where we are on Nick's farm, um, like actually over to Belle Plaine, which is part of where this year's Ragbri oh, route yeah. went. Um, but I, I really enjoyed just the week of Ragbri seeing, um, and you get a little spoiled because all the roads are closed and all that. Right. So I was in Chicago this past weekend for Bike the Drive, which is when, the city of Chicago closes down Lakeshore Drive for a morning, and there are over ten thousand cyclists. I don't, I don't know if you're a part of that, but a totally beautiful. Uh, that that explains. It's funny. Uh, my girlfriend and I, she was like, they closed it, and there's people biking on it. I was like, no, I did the triathlon last year, and that was in August. Like that can't be happening. So <laughs> you've solved the mystery, and I'm outing myself as maybe not the most committed Chicago cyclist. That is such a cool experience because that's a really, really busy road and all that. And it's beautiful and it's along the water. And so having the opportunity to be on that when it shut down just with other um, cyclists is, oh, is yeah. pretty cool. It was beautiful. Yeah. And how about you, Nick? Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Strawberry Point, Iowa, Northeast Iowa. <clears throat> and um, then after h- hitting a bunch of different colleges and living all over the country, I made it back to our Century Family Farm just south of Keystone, Iowa. So it's 30 miles west of Cedar Rapids for those who likely know where Cedar Rapids is. Um, and yeah, I'm here on the farm with my wife and three kids. And uh, I have to uh, fess up, I'm, I'm not a cyclist per se. Uh, a lot of gravel roads and not a lot of time when we're farming and raising kids. So I, I left the, um, I'm better off cooking food for people and, and letting Christian do it, 
do the writing. So yeah, well, we'll take that too. And I have ridden my bike to Keystone a couple times, um, especially a couple years when we were riding out to the start of Ragbri. And so I'm not saying I may have peed in one of your cornfields, but there <laughs> is a tiny chance. So uh, thank you, I guess I'll say, Nick. Thank you for the tall corn. Absolutely. Well, you're <laughs> good. good. <laughs> Fertilizer, yeah, free, you know? Free fertilizer. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, let's get into exactly what 99 counties is. Um, I experienced 99 counties for the first time on RAGBRAI this year, and this just seems like the perfect time for you guys to be on, to tell listeners about 99 counties, and kind of, you know, maybe how your RAGBRAI experience went, was. So maybe start out by saying, what the heck is 99 counties? Right. Well, besides, you know, 99 counties being what Iowa is, I, I, before I formed the company, um, I had a vision to help, you know, bring back small farmers in Iowa, but I, I was looking for a name and, and kind of a marketing and, and how I wanted to move my current 20 year old business called Wallace Farms hmm. in, into a bigger vision. Um, and I Googled how many counties were in Iowa, even though I had lived in Iowa half of my life and 99 counties popped up. And that to me as a marketer seemed like a really beautiful and powerful brand name. And um, essentially what we're trying to do, and this is a a long-term goal is we want to, we want to bring back small farmers, organic and regenerative. So chemical free farming in all 99 counties. And, And essentially what we're trying to do is bring back the, the wealth and the health and the prosperity that Iowa had in the fifties and the sixties. Mm. So po- post world war two, it was probably uh, one of the greatest times in a uh, couple decades for Iowa. As you know, the countryside was populated with people that were raising animals, raising a wide variety of crops, farming, you know, more in harmony with nature. And mm. it just was a, a beautiful a place of community and small towns were bustling and thriving. I mean, just Keystone, Iowa back then had a bowling alley, a theater, a couple cafes, Main Street. My dad would tell me, you know, when he was high school, Main Street, you couldn't find a place to park. Oh, wow. That was only a town of, you know, five, 600 people. Um, And so, you know, not, not to be, I mean, I guess we're being realist, but it's a little bit, gloomy if as those towns that you know people rode through on ragbri um although you know putting their best foot forward and 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 trying to you know bring fun and small town the small town vibe you can see where a lot of those towns were very quiet boarded up not a lot of businesses yeah and we are just i mean we're on the cusp of losing all the small farmers and the small towns will you know, if they make it will essentially just be a bedroom town and there's just not that sense of community. So 99 counties is us trying to do that through farming and food and by bringing the people in the city back to that experience. And and they're doing it by a subscription of meat or a box of meat each month. So that that's that's kind of the short answer of what the essence of what who we are and what we're trying to do. 
So when I'm pedaling across Iowa as part of RAGBRAI, especially this year, there were uh, more than I could count what I call like confinement um, spaces. I don't know if you'd call them farms, but they were housing like I would almost guess thousands of either birds, chickens, turkeys, and also like pigs. Like I'm not a big fan at all of confinement and I don't, I want to be careful what I say here because I'm sure there's people out there that uh, are pro confinement, but are you, is, are you talking about a different form of farming than that? Yeah. I mean, you're, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it and it is a tricky subject because there's a small bit of community here that has built those buildings and do make a living and most of the grain flows through those. And, and most of those buildings that you probably saw were hog confinements. Okay. A couple thousand hogs that get finished there. They probably too do a couple batches a year. Um, those really became popular in the eighties and in the nineties. And it really displaced all of the farmers that were like my grandpa who had 10 to 15, 20 sows and they would raise hogs in more of an indoor outdoor, um, like a monoslope shed, mm-hmm. or they would raise them out on pasture. But my dad would always say that, you know, hogs for the small farmer here in Iowa for a long time paid a lot of the bills. It, it took care of the family's expenses and mortgages and put some kids through college and just really was the backbone. And so when the confinements came into business um, and it was big business. So, you know, now, Smithfield owns almost all the pigs that are, you know, maybe half the pigs and Tyson owns the other half. The ho- those hogs are owned by large corporations. Um, and then they pay the farmer to put the building up on their land and the oh. farmer has to do the chores, but all the feed and all the hogs are not owned by the farmer. Um, and then the farmer has to figure out what to do with all of that manure. Um, and there's, uh, there's a, a pretty popular book called Swine Republic. Um, that addresses this. And again, it's a, it's a touch, touchy subject, but you're right. It's, I think it's the wrong kind of agriculture. I think it's raising the wrong, uh, the wrong type of food. And I think the, the prop, you know, we're, we're pushing profits and extracting profits from the rural communities and we're, and we're, we've, we're going to lose that. So. Mm-hmm. Christian, I don't know that. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I would just add to that, that, you know, there's a whole part of the world out there. And I know as a recovering vegetarian, you know, we're all, we all come through lives on our own journeys, Mm -hmm. but you know, there are a lot of people that think eating meat is bad and eating animals is bad. And you really couldn't blame them for thinking that if you took them to certain hog confinements or certain feedlots, Um, it's not a great environment for the animal, but the farming we practice, um, we work with farmers who, um, we've got this one guy who raises pigs for us named Jude Becker, who's, I mean, honestly, probably the best in the world. He's a jewel. He lives near Dyersville, near a field of dreams. Um, and he cares so much for his animals. And there's like a very expert and particular, particular way that he makes sure that the piglets are farrowed and the way he takes care of them is really in harmony with nature and kind of out of a storybook. Um, and that's how anyone who we work with for pork does it. Um, all of the cattle like here on Nick's farm are rotationally grazed. And so, you know, we're here to tell the world animal agriculture is beautiful. It's a part of all our heritage. It's, you know, how we as humans have 
kind of thrived and nourished our bodies, especially if you're going to be biking for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the vision Nick presented of, of kind of the sixties or the fifties of, of when Iowa was really thriving um, is when animal agriculture was, was done right and was outside. Um, and so we just believe really strongly that there are people like you, people like a lot of the folks on RAGBRAI who care a lot about their health. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, animal fats, animal meat are actually a really key part of a very healthy diet. Um, you just want to make sure you source them from the right places. Um, and so we're just really grateful to have this incredible brand and this opportunity um, to work with small farmers and artisan processors um, to bring to life this dream of, you know, locally sourced regenerative meat that is not only better for your health, but, you know, also better for the animals and also helping to bring back, back thriving small communities like Keystone where we are today. For sure. And, um, you know, this may sound funny, but uh, I I can't be alone when I look at meat um you have to wonder the quality of life that that animal had. Um, and it reminds me, I don't know if you guys ever watched the show Portlandia. Um, it's like a comedy sketch type series. And there was a sketch where the couple went to a restaurant and they ordered chicken. And then they asked, you know, like, do you know where this chicken came from? And the, it was, you know, meant to be a parody, but the, the waitress brought back a binder and said, you know, here's the chicken's name, here's who he's friends with, here's what he does during the day, and, you know, how he sleeps at night, and so it was really funny, but yet, when I, like, you know, see a plate of bacon, I'm like, oh, man, I wonder how that pig lived before he, you know, got to this plate, so with that said, you know, you're doing that, right? You're trying to raise these animals in a a better way, Um, but then the best part is, we, the consumers, can then purchase it from you. Is that correct? That's correct. And going back to Portlandia, I, I remember that episode because they did all that, the, the, the server did all that work and they're like, oh, this is all great. And they're like, you know what? Could we go see the chicken? <laughs> yeah. like, we're, we'll come back. And they left, they left the restaurant. It was, it, w- it was pretty classic. <laughs> it um, was a great, yeah. But it does tell you, and I, here, here's what we're trying to do. Animal husbandry is, is becoming a lost art you know, moving animals and putting them in, in the most comfortable and natural setting that, uh, animals should be if we're, you know, we're caring for them in the land, right. Rotating them and, you know, giving them shade when it's hot or, or sunshine when they want to mud, and you know, fresh grass. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's husbandry and there's respect for the animals. And that goes from raising all the way through the, you know, the slaughter, the, the, their last day, you know, their, People would say their their worst day is their last day, and mm-hmm. that's it. Then that it's great. Um, so there's that. There's also the respect of whole animal utilization. Like mm-hmm. we've become a society where we only eat bacon and steaks and chicken breast, and we're trying to value add that animal to be like, hey, w- we should make uh, um, high quality leather goods with the hide. We should oh, okay. take the bone, take the bones, and make high quality bone broth and, and, you know, maybe we turn that into soup and maybe we, you know, we feed impoverished kids. Um, we take some of the trim and we make a delicious snack stick is that's the snack stick that we had. Uh, we had just launched, uh, on rag mm. uh, and then still have steaks and bacon and chicken breast, but 
you know, there's more to a bird than just chicken breast. So if we've only become a culture of what we need when we want it, you know, any part of the time of the day, then we, you know, some of these things become less sacred and it doesn't do the farmer any good. And it doesn't do, you know, people like 99 counties that are trying to market the whole animals and, and value add them and not have waste in a society where, you know, it's, things are more expensive. It's getting harder and harder to, um, to raise meat the right way. Um, mm-hmm. That, you know, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's, that's what we're trying to do. It's a, it's a whole process. Um, you know, there has to be biodiversity on the farm and there has to be an, animal husbandry. And there's got to be people that understand that food isn't just something you pick up in the grocery store, right. that food actually comes from farmers. And it has to be, it has to be, there's a level of artisan food maker, right? Processors, you know, big processors is probably what people think, but there used to be a locker in these small towns. Every, every small town kind of had its own butcher and, and baker and, you know, candlestick makers. So we, that's, that's our, that's our push. And where are we, you know, to your question about the product. So, um, today, um, we have this really awesome home delivery service, kind of like the milkman. So if you live in Iowa within a hundred miles of our headquarters here, which is so anyone in the greater Cedar Rapids, Iowa city, Des Moines area, um, and then the smaller towns in between, um, we deliver at a customer's doorsteps with a reusable canvas bag with the frozen meat inside of it. Mm. Um, it's grass fed, grass finished beef, pastured pork, chicken, turkey, lamb, and maybe soon to be bison. Um, we also do eggs. And then for those of our RAGBRAI friends living elsewhere, because we've had such interest um, from folks who want to support this Iowan mission, um, we also do ship outside of the state. But for folks here, it's it's a local delivery service. Um, and as Nick mentioned, we recently launched this meat stick. So people can find us on the website, 99counties.com, um, and get access to our great products. Um, and at some point, maybe those meat sticks, the beef, the hot honey pork and the honey pork um, might be available, you know, via other outlets. But right now it's all just uh, through our website. Excellent. And what's the website again? It's 99counties.com, uh, 9-9 as in the numbers, mm-hmm. and then counties.com. Um, we haven't exactly figured out how Chuck Grassley doesn't own that, and we do, but uh, <laughs> I think that's a cool brand that, that Nick came up with. I love it. I love it. Okay, so that is an amazing experience in itself to be able to go back to the old days where you could just order your meat and your eggs and have them come to your doorstep. Like that is cool in itself. So that shout out to you guys. That is awesome. Thank well, you. thanks. And yeah. thanks to customers like you and anyone listening, like you know, to make it work, it only works if we have a real density of customers, which candidly, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting close in Iowa where, um, you know, it, it really starts to be, um, efficient, the more and more people that sign up. And one more thought about the lock, the small town locker. Um, the only experience I've had with small town lockers is when I have a friend who has gone out into the wilderness and shot or bow and arrow of a deer. And that's, you know, the only, when I think of lockers, that's all I think about. So gosh, it would be so great to, you know, have that lost art of taking an animal and turning it into food for, you know, who knows, a whole winter um, that you're, you're doing it. So it's so awesome. Yeah. And I just, there's something you made me think of, right, is like 
what's really key to us to helping people understand is, you know, we are a part of nature. Um, and so being closer to nature is actually the way that we can appreciate it more. And that's why, you know, today it's really, you know, in the industrial revolution and economies of scale that dictates, hey, let's do 3000 acres of just corn. And then let's over here have a big confinement and we're going to all specialize in our little areas here. But then that has these negative externalities where these hog confinements have way too much manure um, and that can create like water pollution issues. Mm -hmm. Instead, if you have a farm, whereas Nick always loves to say grain used to walk off the farm, meaning the animals consume the grain that was there, you can have the right ratio of a little bit of manure from those hogs that refertilizes that same land to grow grow more um, grain for them to consume. Mm. Um, so we, we just see it as ultimately it's actually more efficient to have a farm with a lot of diversity of crops and animals. It's just that it's a lost art and there's less economies of scale in doing it this way. And so we're trying to make it more viable. Um, there's a lot of um, we have interest from more farmers today than than we have demand for from customers. There's a lot of farmers who want to farm this way, and we're trying to make the market for them. Awesome. So everybody who's listening, write it down on a piece of paper, 99counties.com. So when you're done with this episode, you got to get online. But, okay, so you guys were, or at least 99 counties, was present during RAGBRAI. Yep. Yeah, we, um, well, I had a blast. Again, I, I feel kind of, you know, I got to ride the whole thing. I had a flag on the back of my bike, which um, probably some people listening to this being like, oh, my gosh, that annoying flag. But uh, I had a flag <laughs> that said counties jutting off the back of the bike um, and did the whole thing and just had such a blast. I try to, you know, I'm, I'm from, I grew up in Connecticut, spent a lot of time in California. And so I'm trying to explain to people what RAGBRAI is. And I'm like, man, it's it's the 4th of July in every town. Like yes. every time you go through, there's, you know, Beekman's ice cream and there's a, there's a water slide and there's burgers and there's like, it's just so joyous and so much fun. Like I, I, I just had such a blast. Um, and Nick, uh, Nick can tell you, you know, more about his experience. Cause I think this was his first time he'd done it in the past as a vendor. Um, and we had a booth where we were introducing our snack sticks and had a Papa shot game. So I'll let Nick talk a little bit more about, you know, what we were doing on route in terms of um, sharing 99 counties with folks. Yeah, we we vended, I believe, five, five of the days and we did the expo. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we I mean, thousands of people, right, come by. They tried the snack sticks and maybe shot a few hoops and had a few laughs. But we had some really good in-depth conversations, just like we're having now about um, people that really um, understood what Iowa, you know, once was and the kind of reminisce on on growing up maybe on a farm. Mm -hmm. seems like a lot of people grew up on a farm. And now, you know, you ask them, do their kids or grandkids, you know, live on the farm? And it's like, oh, no, you know, everybody's moved to the city. Um, so, you know, if if COVID taught us anything, I would say it made people realize they need to get back maybe more into the land and on the land mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe get, get away from the city and maybe not live, you know, out here, but maybe we could pull those people back and, and get them to, you know, do things like rag bribe. But, um, and even some of the younger people, I think that we talked to and had really good conversations, they, they seem to get it. You know, they just, there's there we're becoming you know in this age of Aquarius we're becoming 
uh, to a point, we're coming to a point where I think people want to know where their food comes from and they just, they're, they're not as trusting anymore that what they're being told or, or sold to, or, you know, the packages and the grocery stores and in general are, are authentic. So I think people are looking for an authentic experience in life. And as we know, I mean, food and dining and food experiences and breaking bread with people, that's, that's when people seem to let down their hair. And that's generally in cultural culture now and in past, that's when, you know, memories are made and, and, and people, you know, come together and, and, and celebrate. So, um, you know, that's, that again, that's kind of the essence of what we're trying to do. And would you say, uh, I'll ask Nick this, like, was RegBri what you expected as far as, you know, like you mentioned, the interactions with people, the volume of people? Uh, we already know it was hot, but I mean, like the experience, was it what you expected? Well, I know that this was a special ride because it was the 50th. So I, I was just shocked by the sheer numbers of people. Um, I, if I, you know, if I had to do it over again, I'd say we would probably set up a really, uh, really kick-ass like uh, food vending grilling station. Because I I think a lot of people, you know, they're hungry, they're looking for calories and they, they want to sit and relax. And, you know, the lines, you know, everyone did their best, but it seemed like there was a lot of lines for vendors. So, um, and I think we could tell our message again through food. We did it, we did it really well through snack sticks um, and we had a limited teams and I don't have, you know, a huge uh, ability to have one of these big smoker rigs. But um, I think, you know, if we do it again, I think that's, I think that's where we can make even more of an, uh, an impact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, how about uh, both of you or one of you, either of you tell us like some good memories from RAGBRAI? Boy, let's see. Um, you know, met met a group of folks from Illinois on the second or third day. And, you know, RAGBRAI, as listeners will know, is a cash environment. I mean, some places take credit card, but most don't. And they're telling me all about Beekman's ice cream. And I was like, oh, well, I don't have any cash. They're like, well, we'll buy you one. I was like, all right, <laughs> well, you can buy it later. We'll give you some meat sticks, we'll give you a free fanny pack. Um, so, you know, meeting strangers and getting treated to my first Beekman's ice cream, that was that was pretty special. And then there was the gentleman right next door there with the um, the, the cold plunge setup. So that was nice. Oh, yeah. Um, and then more than anything, just like the generosity in the community of people. Um, I made a friend uh, who I biked with for a couple of days. Um, and this this rig, I, this jerry rig thing I had with my flag on the back of my bike for 99 counties, it fell off like two miles before we got to Iowa City. Um, and he helped me with it. And wouldn't you know, one minute later, for anyone who's done rag ride, the Air Force was there because they're just everywhere trying to help people. Um, and they helped me, you know, resurrect the, the back of my bike and uh, made it down. And then um, I had quite a scare the last day. Um, I mean, we were probably three miles from the, the end, mm. um, you know, I'm 550 miles across. And there are a couple of U.S. Space Force individuals just hauling butt i'll say I'll, I'll try not to swear sorry mom um to, but just going so fast and a couple of us fell in behind them just you know going for it at the end there which is the stupidest time and there was a place where we had to cross over from two lanes to one and there was a little bit of a you know where the pavement meets and there's a bit of groove in the road oh, yeah on my front wheel caught it and i went down hard i mean i think i had to be going 25 or 30 
And I, I mean, I, I still think it's a miracle. I had a nasty road burn and welt on my hip and my arm. And um, unfortunately, I took out an individual behind me who so luckily was okay too, just a little bumped up. And sure enough, right after we fell, six, uh, I feel like we're doing a promotion here for, <laughs> uh, Air Force people appeared um, and, and helped us up and patched us up. And so, um, you know, I had more fun with just kind of the experience than I could have ever imagined. And just, it, it furthered my passion for what Nick and I are doing here because I think there's just so much to appreciate and love about rural Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, but then also just, um, the generosity of the people and kind of um, one of those experiences that just restores your faith in humanity and kind of people being friendly to one another. Oh, for sure. I would, I would, yeah, I would double that um, and say, you know, it, Ragbri is build, you know, as a community, building community, enjoying each other, food. Um, you know, I think we lose track of that as, humans and we get busy with you know making money raising kids and distracted with you know all the other things in life so if we could harness the essence of that and mm -hmm. turn it into uh, a rebuilding of the iowa that people travel through every year and so imagine i'm going to pick a little bit on gmo corn and soybeans right but um and i wrote wrote the the blog um praise the lard mm -hmm. um and that that was one of our t-shirts that i think uh if we had a dollar for every photo that somebody took of the the booth with our praise the lard we had racing jersey too i mean and for uh, those of you coming to the fall ride we've got some of those shirts left oh so. good we, yeah and I'll, um, I'll put a link i'm sorry to interrupt but i'll put a link to that article in our show notes because it's on the ragbride.com site so anyway sorry yeah, nick great no no that's perfect um we, um, I, you know, the ride was what, 70, what was 72 or three, right? So that'd be 50. 73, um, yep. Um, I just, I don't know how many people, you know, that rode the first one that were on this one, but um, the landscape was so different back then. I mean, it was populated with, you know, farmers outside moving cows and, and you know, pogs outside and oats and corn and soybeans and hay fields and barley and wheat and and probably more orchards i mean it was just we had so much more diversity back then and the small towns had to have just been booming and bustling and um i would just love to see i really hope it doesn't take 50 years but um if i'm around i would love to see for the hundred hundredth ragbri that it looks just like the first one. Oh wow you know, the landscape looks just like the first one um, and maybe we, you know, hopefully selfishly, we can get there sooner, maybe in 20 or 30 years. But I think that's my, I think that's my, I'm trying to manifest that. That would be a great vision um, to have the hundredth be more like the first than more like the 50th. So. And, and it's pretty clear, you know, as you mentioned, one of you mentioned about, you know, knowing where your meat comes from or where your actually where any of your food comes from, there's a sense of a, a simple you know, you want food to be uh, real and maybe organic, but also raised properly and grown properly, all of that good stuff. And I think it shows when you have, you know, X number of thousands and thousands of people that want to come to Iowa, 
use their vacation to ride their bikes out in nature for seven days kind of shows you that even if they don't know it, there's an unconscious feeling of, I want to go back to simpler times. Absolutely. And I think the food is a big part of it. Like I, I would bet a lot of people, um, you know, it's a lot about the bike riding, but actually if anything, the, the bike riding is like a medium and a reason to do all the other things. And yeah. I think like the, the food is a big part of it. Yeah. Okay. So somebody mentioned, uh, the great Iowa fall ride. And so let's get into that. That's an event Ragbri puts on. Um, it's much smaller than Ragbri. It's meant to be kind of just a rah-rah, it's fall, let's get together. Maybe we can talk about Ragbri. Coming up September 16th, and I think you guys are going to be there. We are. We're going to be providing the food. We I have a couple of uh, friends of mine at Taste to Go in Des Moines that are caterers. They're going to set up the full spread. Imagine it being like a elevated uh, Chipotle. So uh, we're going to do some some uh, barbacoa, some shredded shredded beef, and we're going to do some grilled uh, chicken uh, chicken thighs chopped up, and uh, we're going to do uh, some elevated tacos. And so we should have a full spread there. And we just want to talk to you know give people a sample of you know two of two of our products, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, talk to people about, you know, how, how can they support us, right? I mean, that's usually how things, um, how movements are created is with, um, you know, people's energy. And, you know, in this case, people's energy would be, you know, money. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people are listening to this and they shop at Fairway, they shop at Heidi, they, you know, and out-of-staters have their own grocery stores, right? Um, it's not that we don't think that people are going to stop going to the grocery store. I mean, what we're trying to do is say, consider taking uh, $150 or $200 a month um, out of your budget and and signing up for a subscription with us and getting that 10 to 15, 20 pounds of the staples, the things that you know you want the highest quality for ground beef, sausages, hot dogs, some steaks, a whole mm-hmm. chicken, mm-hmm. some thighs, right? Like it doesn't we're not, I mean, I still go to the grocery store too for things, but we just want people to say, you know what, this may, this is a priority. We want, we want to support 99. We want to support the farmers, right? Like we're just doing some of the hard stuff in the middle, but we're paying our farmers really well to raise those animals and feed them the right way and, um, you know, create some bio biodiversity on the land. So um, it's, yeah, I mean, we spend, I mean, I, if I look at, you know, how I spend my money and I've got, all sorts of subscriptions and things going here and there. But um, I, yeah, I, I would, you know, if I was the outside looking in, I, I would probably very much um, be supportive of signing up for a monthly box because mm-hmm. it's makes sense. It's easy. We, it's kind of the Iowa, it's kind of the Iowa nice, you know, if you're in Iowa, we deliver it to you. If we're outside, we'll get it to your door in a couple of days with FedEx. So, you know, that's what I want to imprint here. And you'll, uh, at the fall ride, yeah, we'll be doing the food and, um, you know, we'll, we'll put our, our money where our mouth is that you can try the food and you'll like it. Um, and, and are you, are you a vendor that will be selling or are people as part of the registration will get to sample your food? Yeah. If I believe it, and probably a bracelet bracelet, if you pay for the ride or sign up and register, um, the meal, the meal's free. And then if anybody's an add-on or comes without, you know, the bracelet or the registration, yeah, we'll be sell we'll we'll sell sell the the tacos separately. So yeah, we're excellent. 
we're there for the crowd. Good. And, uh, of course, you can go to regbride.com and click on Great Iowa Fall Ride to get registered. Um, I'll be there. Um, sounds like, will both of you guys be there? We will. Yep. Excellent. All right. Well, tell everyone again your website so that now that this podcast is coming to an end, they can get online and kind of experience and learn about all that you do. Sure. It's 99counties.com. That's 99, the number, counties.com. And um, yeah, there's some there's some videos on there that, you know, from my farm and Jude Becker and um, uh, the jewels that do the turkeys. If you're looking for a turkey for Thanksgiving, I mean, you can't find a better uh, organic turkey than ours. And um, yeah, so we're, we're, uh, we're here trying to make some change and we're trying to have, well, the most delicious food, that's the most important. And then the convenience of a, a delivery right to your house. And I mean, I'll just, a friend of mine just texted me, he said, what are the, because uh, I, you know, we only recently, you can also order if you're not in Iowa. And so I have friends elsewhere and they're starting to order. And the one guy says, you know, oh, what are the recommendations, you know, from the people at the company? Mm. And I a list of 20 things. And he's like, man, that is a long list. I'm like, well, they're all so good, which I have to recommend <laughs> folks. So you it's recommend the, everything. It, you gotta, you gotta have the skirt steak, but for the love of God, don't not marinate it. I mean, my uncle did that recently and I've, I've about, you know, slapped myself in the face because I've got some incredible recipe for you for the skirt steak, the bacon. I mean, we're always running out of, um, and honestly, some of the pork products, like just simple ground pork. Oh my God. It's so good. I mean, we have so many great products that I'm constantly basically finding a new one. And just, I'm always reminded of, you know, that's part of what's really fun about our business is, um, such delicious food that we create. I love it. Well, thank you guys both for coming on the podcast. And um, there maybe in your future, once you really go big, you'll have to have like a recipe book as well that says 99 counties, the best recipes for our, our products. That's a very good idea. We like it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you September 16th on the Great Iowa Fall Ride. Great. See you there. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Murph. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just go bike! <laughs>